1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
3: outspoken with white and jordan 100% engagement
1: it's a total disrespect
3: download stand well back listen jim white and simon jordan i don't see that view. you outspoken with white and jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport
1: Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. On today's episode myself and Simon reflect on Frank Lampard's imminent return to Chelsea. We hear from Blues fans who had a mixed reaction to the news that the club legend would be back until the end of the season. Now, Chelsea, never mind a big boy, have brought back one of their own boys because around lunchtime, it's my understanding, we'll we'll hear an announcement out of Chelsea that Frank Lampard uh, is indeed installed as Chelsea's interim manager. Uh, on uh, the basis of that until the end of the season. Nothing uh, further discussed beyond that point in time. Now, Sam, I mean, Danny Murphy was in here scoffing at uh, oh, Alex Crook. Ale- fair fair uh, enough, we
4: both, did. we both laughed at the idea that someone would be in the stand and necessarily get a job, because that would mean that everybody that goes in the stand gets a job. But the, the bottom line is, it, it was right. He's obviously going to go in there.
1: Well, what that was yesterday was good and accurate and sound reporting by Alex Crook. So Lampard's going to take training this afternoon. It is all but done... He's with his backroom staff at the moment and is raring to go. But yesterday you said if Bully was to do this, it's almost laughable. Do you still stand by
4: that? Yeah, I don't think it's forward thinking. I don't think it's a situation where uh, an owner of a football club has doubled down six weeks ago on a, on a manager that clearly... Not just because the orthodoxy suggests that taking managers into steps like that will always end up in a particularly negative uh, outcome, but because most people, with the scales off their eyes, looked at Graham Potter and thought, this is not going to work... And whilst he's a great coach, this is a very different dynamic, so then you get that situation and you and you have somebody doubling down telling you they're going to do something different. it's a longer term project and the solution is to take them out at a time where they can't when the new manager anyone coming in can't affect an outcome because the die's cast, the die's been cast the the squad's been assembled, and then you go back to somebody that's been patently unsuccessful in two incarnations. Well, three, Chelsea three didn't
1: quite come up to it. Lampard's 84 games in charge at Chelsea, brought 44 wins, 17 draws, 23 defeats. So he, he had, it works out a win percentage of, of 52, 52%. 52%, yeah. But, what, it's not what, quite, but is it? Uh, looking at it from Bully's point of view, what does he do? Bruno's in the, the dugout. Most Chelsea fans are saying, who is this fella? It came from Brighton. All right, so he's in, is he? He's in charge. Or does he bring back Lampard, who, like John Terry... Is a club legend but, who who could galvanise that place right now at a time but, they really need unity. But I'm, not,
4: I'm not sure they need galvanising. They need goals. I mean, the team they need both. The team doesn't look to me like it's bereft of confidence. It looks like it's bereft of goals. If you go and play Aston Villa and that's you have because of no outnote striker. Well, that's that's true. Galvanising people that can't score goals is galvanising people that can't score goals. And the bottom line is, is that Chelsea, to me, have been not that far away from winning games. Of course, losing games is losing games, and that is the trajectory that you want to stop. I look at it and say, well, great. I mean, Frank Lampard wasn't successful at Chelsea. He had a decent first season, lost the FA Cup final that they perhaps should have won, um, got his head. but The myth was that they didn't get any players in. Well, they had a pretty strong squad anyway, and they've signed Pulisic and paid for him during that transfer embargo. And you then get to the second season, and it wasn't good enough. And it wasn't good enough in terms of the performance of the team, uh, the style of their play, and the outcomes they were getting. So he got fired for perfectly reasonable reasons. At the time, I felt it was a little unkind because he'd been given a brief with the fact that he'd been given younger players. But the more you look into it post the event, the less impressive it became. He went to Everton, and they stayed up because there were two, three worst sides to them in a the division, not because of wonderful management. And then, with due respect to Frank, they were poor, poor, poor. Poor. Mm. So that if that's the blueprint for an iconic, elite two point five billion pound football club to solve a problem is to go back to somebody that they need to galvanise a fan base with, then there's something lacking in their thinking. They should be after a manager. They should know well, who they, they are, want, they? and they should get him. Yeah, they should get him. What? Well, get him now? Well, yeah. Why not? What's you know? Time waits for no man. What's the purpose of waiting for something if you know what you want? Why give yourself? a conundrum by waiting for someone else potentially to leap in, why don't you nail the person to the wall? I know that employing football managers like nailing jellies to the wall in the first place, but why, as a football club that has unlimited financial and economic power, don't you just go bang this is who I want this is the reasons why I want them I'm gonna get rid of this situation that I've made a mistake on I'm gonna I'm gonna supersede it with an elite blue chip manager whoever that may well be whether it's negligelman because he's won the, uh, the you know the Bundesliga or whether it's XYZ the other person that you have in your mind Luis Enrique but to me it's lightweight populist thinking what's it like? What 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 does it add up to for Frank? For Frank
1: Lampard, what does it add up to at the moment? Is it a good move for him to come back into the limelight in
4: surroundings very familiar to him? Well, given the bar so low, I think there's little to be lost for Frank Lampard in this. Now, if he's happy to be a gun for hire for five minutes and a stopgap under the auspice of maybe he can nick a Champions League, if he gets his head handed to him by Real Madrid in the Champions League, that little myth of following the Roberto de Matteo uh, uh, blueprints which got Roberto De Matteo precisely nowhere in his managerial career in the longer game mm. then that will be debunked I mean everybody's getting their heads handed to them by Real Madrid Barcelona is, as well, recently as last night well I think I just think it's lazy I think it's lazy formulaic unins- uninspired by Boli by Boli yeah I do and, and I think for Frank Lampard you're a lucky boy You've got an opportunity out of the ether. This is what the football world does: is it repackages people that are ultimately failed in one guise and puts them back into another opportunity? And it's perplexing to me
0: okay. because there's
4: no, in, there's no, there's no. You know, the one thing I'm glad is they, they didn't alight upon people like Benitez. Couldn't have that in, in my locker. But look, Frank has, has has very little to lose from this, besides the fact that if it gets worse for Chelsea, then then an element of. Um, of Frank's uh, luster with the Chelsea fans might be tarnished. He's prepared to take that risk. I'm assuming there's a big financial incentive for him being there. I'm assuming that some way or another the assumption is it'll get better. It's difficult to see if Chelsea aren't winning games and aren't scoring goals how it could get much worse.
1: Well, there is that.
4: So with that in mind, Frank probably figures, insofar as I can speak for him, that there's very little... It's a zero-sum game. In fact, it's more than a zero-sum game. There's a, a benefit in him. He can only get one degree of benefit out of it rather than two degrees of loss. Well,
1: I mean, the, the only way is up, isn't it? That at
4: Wolves next. Um, Chelsea sit
1: this morning in 11th position in the Premier League. Who could have thought that? They've won 10 in 29. And the, the way I see it, Simon, is they're bringing back in one of their own. The, 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 bully quite clearly, is trying to get everybody on board in the short-term basis. And they see Lampard as a man. I mean, it's not rocket science. But just, what it isn't is laughable. He might just... Yeah, but you might be laughing on the other side of your face if he gets three wins in the chart, but if he fine. does something
4: against Real Madrid. But that's fine. That's the risk you take by having right. an opinion. If you've got the courage of your convictions to voice an opinion, most people sit on the fence and say very little. I'll stand by the perspective sure. that I'll go with the fact that I don't think it's an inspirational appointment. I don't think it's a forward-thinking appointment. I do think the manner in which it's manifested itself is laughable, and I do think potentially that the, the way that Chelsea are being looked at through certain prisms will be, this is not a a great appointment, this is not a two and a half billion, we're not screwing around, let's rock and roll appointment, this is somebody going, I'll tell you what I'll do, Uh, I might be falling foul of the fans. Well, you're only falling foul of the fans because you put the wrong manager in place. You can't fall foul of the fans because you saved the bleeding club. You can't fall foul of the fans because you spent £600 million on it. So why don't yeah. you double down and have the courage of your convictions? Be rather interesting than take the in the
1: middle of the day, we expect some kind of statement from Chelsea. It'll be interesting to pick through the bones of that to get a, a clue or two as to why Bully is doing what he is doing.
3: Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
1: In the capital, it's all going on at Chelsea. Frank Lampard set to be appointed interim boss until the end of the season. Thereafter, we shall wait and see what Todd Bowley does regarding uh, regards a permanent appointment. But Frank set to be taking training later today. Putting all your allegiances aside, and again, I mentioned the diehard Chelsea fans, do you back this interim appointment? Simon's alongside me and so many of you calling in. 03717. Double two, double three, double four. Steve, first off, big Chelsea fan. What's your take on this? Good morning.
5: Good morning. Yeah, I just think it's a joke. Biggest joke going. Uh, The bowlers got no idea about running a football club in this country at all. And I agree with Simon. It's a backward step. Um, Frank is not a Premier League manager at all. He should go down to the Championship and learn to trade properly. Um, and, and Simon's right, he's, he's, he, would, he wasn't fit to go to Everton at all. I like the guy, I'm a die-hard Chelsea fan, but he's just not a Premiership manager at all.
1: Is he not the guy, though, Steve, that will pull Chelsea fans together, that will get everybody singing from the same hymn sheet?
5: Yes, the Chelsea fans, he might pull together, but he won't pull the team together. He's got a pulling rate, of this. that's why bandits got rid of him, because he weren't good enough in the second season. And then really, Everton stayed up because Simon's right because there's three teams but below them that were, that, were, that were worse than them. So, Steve, um, Steve, I, Steve I uh, uh, go on. I also on. think if Potter had been uh, sacked probably ten days or so ago, uh, they would probably took Tuchel back because that's the fans wanted Tuchel. Why would you get rid of Tuchel for Potter?
1: I, I wouldn't have thought Todd Bulling and the rest would have Tuchel back. Steve, Steve, stay in the line because here's Jason, another Chelsea fan who takes uh, another view
2: to that. Jason, good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, I I think that really it's a bit of a, an, an, like it's been said, a bit of a no-brainer. The reports are coming out that Neglesman, um and Enrique don't want to come in until the summer because they want to have a full pre-season. The choices are, who do we keep? Bruno, who, as it's been said, doesn't, I'm not saying he doesn't know anything regarding football, but he's a Potter man and felt, un, felt uneasy. We could have probably ended up with Benitez if we hadn't got Lampard. And I think just as settled the ship like he did before, getting back in, he, he understands if we get the other, these other top targets that we're after, I don't see where the problem lies. And as for the, no disrespect to the other caller, that we would have got Tuchel back, I don't think that was going to happen.
1: That wasn't going to happen. For sure that no. wasn't going to happen. Steve, what do you take out of what Jason's just said?
5: Yeah, I can see what he's saying, but I t- still totally disagree. And actually, i if- it might sound silly, but I'll have kept Potter because we seem to do well in the Champions League. Beating Dortmund 2-0 was a good result. No one no one expected us to win that game, let's be honest. Uh, so he's doing well in the Champions League and that's the only way we're going to keep, uh, you know, to win the Cup and stay in that league. But now, Frank won't do it.
1: Jason, do you think Frank can make an impact right away? I mean, as I said earlier, 11th. Who would have thought at this stage in the season Chelsea would be 11th, but they are. So the only way is up, right?
2: Yeah, and, you know, if we're being honest about it, the season, realistically, I know we got the Champions League, but the season's pretty much done and dusted. So now I think it's just about trying to... like We're not going to get relegated and we're not going to get European football. I know we'd done it when Di Matteo was in charge, but let's be honest, that was a fluke and we see how it went after. But I just think that by bringing him in, he's known around the club, people respect him, and whether or not they respect him as a manager, but they respect him as a player and as a person... Um, I understand what that Steve was saying about Potter in the Champions League, but I I really don't... You know, let's be honest. We're not going to win it. We've got a real hard way to get... If we get past um, Real Madrid, we've got Bayern or Man City. So, you know, we've got three potential top teams there that we'd have to try and get through. So just by having Lampard in there, and it's been said, while Lampard's there, they're still following up their top targets. So it's not like they're just sitting there... Idle. So, if potentially we could get Lampard in in the next week or so, we could announce the deal that Nigglesman or Enrico whoever it is is taking over in the summer. Right, right. So I don't right. see it as the massive backwards step myself. I just think it's like a a sensible step for settling the settling what's been a rocky road for us this year. Sure. Season.
1: Okay. Listen. Thanks for the calls, uh Stuart. I'm coming to you in a second, Simon. It's probably what we expected. They're divided on it.
4: Sure, but I don't understand why there's this narrative that accepts that Nagelsmann and Enrique are not available to the summer. Who works for who? so in the mindset of a football club owner if I want to first of all why don't you un, why would you want to come in in the summer so you can have a pre-season to evaluate the players that you could have the rest of the season to evaluate find out who you do and don't want find out what the real characters are like so when you head into the pre-season and you start to want to buy players and start to want to build the football club back for the ensuing season you've had 10 games of a season where you get a pass anyway so why wouldn't Chelsea be saying we want you we want you now we're going to give you an incentive for coming in now we're going to make an economic decision to do it now we're, we want you to come in and learn that the, the, the football club very quickly we want you to see the players that we've got in situ. So why is there a tacit acceptance that Nagelsmann and Enrique will just decide when they walk in the door of bit, one of the biggest football do, clubs do in the do
1: world? Do you honestly think Nagelsmann or Enrique would want to come in at a stage at Chelsea through no, well, no doing what, of theirs? City 11th in the Premier depends League. Depends
4: what's said to them and how it's said to them and depends what meaningful conversations come you have in, with It's damage limitation till so the end if of the I, season. If I, was say, if, if I was on the other side of the conversation, I'd be sitting down with them if I was in that position and saying, right, these are the reasons why I want you in now. And this is the reasons why I need you in now. And this is the, what I'm going to give you to come in now. And this is what the pass you're going to get. And this is the backdrop we're going to build on the basis of you evaluating the players. So when we hit the pre-season, you're not gaining knowledge. You've gained it from the two months that you've got in the Premier League this season. Stuart, Chelsea fan, is that fair, what
1: Simon's saying? If they'd gone um, permanent now, whoever to retain it, Nigglesman or Luis Enrique, say, would have been up to speed by the end of the season with what is in it, Chelsea.
6: I think Simon's right. To be fair, first of all, I say absolutely love the show, Gent. Really do really appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Um, sure. If I'm honest with you, I've been a Chelsea fan for 37 years now, and it's become a bit of a joke uh, over the last 10, 20 years with the whole Roman Brown I appreciate everything that he, you know the, the chairmen have done for us, and Todd's come in and spent all this money. But what's happening now is, is, like Simon said, I think it's a bit of a step backwards in the fact that you know we've got these two managers who could potentially be brought in, learn about the club, get everything prepared and ready for next season, which everyone was talking about. You know, we've already written this season off, even though there's some stuff still to play I just think that take the respect away as you know Lampard the legend what has he actually brought to Chelsea as a manager not as a player as a manager one good season which I appreciate because we had a transfer embargo the second season we spent lots of money and we still didn't proceed with anything I just think it's a massive step back and I just can't see as a Chelsea fan yes what to me it looks like it's more of a cover up look we've had a you know we've sacked two managers the, the chairman's getting a bit of stick now, with it on, especially on social media, which you're going to get anyway. But now what's the best thing to do? Throw a legend back in the mix, get the fans back on. It's not going to do the problem. The problem is we cannot score. And I think that is the biggest issue that we've got at the moment. I think Lampard, respect to the man, but I don't think it's a bit a good appointment at all. Stuart,
4: here's a school of thought for you that just popped into my head as I'm thinking about this. The one thing Lampard was able to do was work with young players. Yes. What have you just gone and done over the last six months You've bought a boatload of young players that are all at a certain age, all been stuck on long contracts. There might be just a moment in time while I'm trying to find an excuse for the Lampard uninspirational appointment, a a circle being squared here where young players respond to Lampard because he's got that cachet and kudos of still being the player in their minds' eyes and did it previously with the development of some of the younger players that he brought through the the ranks into the first team because he had an absence of choice because he couldn't buy players in his first stint.
6: And, 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 sorry, I totally agree with you. In the, in the perfect world, absolutely, I can see that him coming in and, you know, and bring the likes of, you know, like, like another Reece James, Mason Mount through. But let's not forget, he's got 11 games. It's they've already made it very clear it's to the end of the season. Yeah. When you've got players that we've got at the moment, the youngsters, he hasn't got a pre season behind him to bring them through like he did before. He has got 11 games to make decisions. He's got one of the biggest games of our season on Tuesday night, which leaves him two or three days to pick the right team. I just think it's an, it's a, what they've done is it's a panic. Oh, crap, we can't get the manager in. And I honestly think it's because they don't know who to bring in. It's not the fact that there's many candidates. Poch, Enrique, um, obviously the nagelsman absolutely fine. All could do a job but it's because they know that they made a massive mistake with Tuchel, and we all know that there was issues behind you know, closed doors. I just think at the moment, it's another panic move by Bowley, and I think, Simon, you're absolutely right. Yes, he could do with the young players Well, Stuart, I three.
1: mean, maybe Frank buys some time. Uh, there's a message coming in from yeah. Chris Bird, former director of Manchester City. Guys, I'm listening. Great show. Maybe now is Frank's time as the blue-chip managers sit back and watch and plan for a new season when all the trophies are available to play for and they have no fires to fight.
3: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan.
1: Uh, We're talking about Chelsea at this stage. The timeline, as far as we know, is this. Frank Lampard is at Chelsea right now. He should take training later on today. There should be some kind of an announcement around lunchtime-ish early afternoon, which will confirm that Frank takes charge of uh, Chelsea from this point until the end of the season. Thereafter, it's in the hands of Bully and the rest as to who they will appoint. Simon is alongside me. Uh, So many Chelsea callers, so many callers in general on this 03717. double two double three double four we shall talk Newcastle very shortly before we do in actual fact there's a a, a Newcastle fan getting in touch I'm a Newcastle fan Chelsea's appointment of Lampard feels exactly around the time when similar to the time Ashley appointed Alan Shearer did it for the fans uh, and it didn't quite work out says that Newcastle fan do you see a similarity in that Simon I remember that time when Ashley when Shearer arrived no I
4: don't think so because I think Newcastle were facing relegation weren't they And so that's a different dynamic. But you can see the similarity because obviously Shearer was a legend at Newcastle. Lampard occupies the same space. But they have done that dance. Shearer, they hadn't done. This dance has been done. This dance card was full and no one wanted to pick it up again.
1: Incidentally, what sort of mood were you in when you you wrote your column in the mail this morning? I love that picture of you, incidentally. windswept and interesting. (laughs) Every manager sacked his season deserves it. Let's face it, they've all been bloody useless. What? Any tears for those managers are crocodile tears. They all got, they were entitled to get this sack.
4: It might be a bit blunt, but that's a reality. Well, it's bloody true. I mean, with the exception of Tuchel, which is off-the-field stuff, none of these guys have actually covered themselves in glory. I get a bit tired of this desire to reward mediocrity. You know, I know not everything's about money, but, my God, in any other walk of life, if these boys got paid this kind of money and produced this kind of fare at times, mm. they would get no particular tenure. So, what, you agree with this guy? I agree with what I wrote, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely agree with it, yeah. And I, mean, I went after Lampard as well, because I think, I do, I do think, I think Lampard was useless at Everton. Sorry, I don't care where people like Frank Lampard, whether he's a nice bloke and so on Well, and so forth. you like Frank Lampard. You like him, he's a good guy. He's all right, yeah, he's a nice tough yeah. fella, you know. But the bottom line is, is, I'm not talking about him as a person, I'm talking about him as a football manager. So my, my view on the, 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 this job is, is that they've got to do better football managers and everything they don't get is the reasons why they aren't successful. And in the end, Brendan Rodgers dumped Leicester City in the bottom two of the Premier League. Whose fault was that? Brendan Rodgers, Frank Lampard, put Everton in the bottom of the Premier League. Who was that? Yeah, some of the situations surrounding the board and some of the players not being good enough, but what about what you added to the mix? And go through the list and say, out of these 10 or 11 managers that have been sacked this year, how many of them didn't have the fans screaming for them to be sacked? And how many of them didn't actually deserve being sacked? And here they are, back in
1: another guy's. Well, Lee's a big Chelsea fan. Lee, good morning. When Frank gets sacked by Chelsea, were you screaming for him to be sacked?
7: Okay, there's a few points here, right? So let's let's start with Graham Potter. Um, obviously, you know, getting rid of Tuchel for Potter was a crazy, crazy decision. Every Chelsea fan thought the same. We all we all hoped for the best. We wanted him to do well. Um, he should have left a long time ago. I think you know, watching his his uh, post-match interview with after the Villa match last week. I was sad. I felt for the guy. You could tell he'd been crying, you know, etc. etc. But I agree. Steadily crying. You know, Yeah, you could t- have a look at that Crying with laughter. The money he was have about look to pick up. that interview, mate. You could see he, he had a lot of water in his eyes. He could barely compose himself. He'd been... Oh, dear, he, he Lee. Knew, look, he knew what was oh going to happen. Lee, we're, feel, happen. we're
1: filling up here. Now, listen, on Lampard, what's yeah. your take in it? What is your take in it that he comes back on in an interim basis?
7: So, look, I've got my opinion, but I also just want to ask Simon, why, mate, why are you so negative? Like, what's happened in your life for you to just look at everything? Well, shall I tell you uh, why, Lee? Because when I get to listen outlet, to drivel from people like, like honestly, you, it upsets
4: me. So I'm forced to be a negative. If I'm going to listen to someone come on national radio and suggest with yeah, a serious me, face that the think, manager if was if crying, some, if I if can't take it seriously.
7: And we, If we did some data analytics and, Matt, all the things that you say... I would say probably 75% of what you say is negative, pessimistic. But anyway,
4: let's move on. Or shall we we re-characterise it, Lee, as realistic and not sentimental or based upon visceral, emotive, senseless uh, emotional reactions to things or based upon experience, all of those things combined? Lee, before
1: you told us about Potter crying, you should have remembered Simon's take on Hassan Huttel crying when they got a result against Liverpool. And it was as unsympathetic then as it is now... But I mean, on Lampard, you um, disagree. You can't, I, go, you can't go through life just feeling like this.
7: You're, just, you're projecting your inner negative self. Well, there. I'll tell you what I'll leave. Next time I a, want
4: some advice, it, it, I'll come lay on your sofa and we'll have a look at your little well, life you, and see you, how what you you're doing in it.
7: You want, you want some it. advice, don't you? That's why. That's why. That's why you take calls in. Otherwise, it's just uh, Simon Jordan projecting his thoughts
4: continuously. <laughs> yes, right, indeed. So, um, I think that's so the right to way to go as question. well.
7: You did. You did ask me a question, so I'll try and answer it. Right. So to Lampard, like okay, me me personally, right? I am not sold on Luis Enrique or Nagasman. Okay, I don't, sounds a bit I don't negative want to me. Either of them, I don't want either of them. Maybe, and you know this as an ex-chairman, Simon. Maybe there's a plan that isn't being projected and broadcast on every media outlet that's actually going on behind the scenes. We don't know, you don't know. So let's just let's just like accept that that could be a fact. Okay, number two. Right, Lampard. He he had a, like almost a fifty percent win percentage with Chelsea. He took us to the top four when we had no chance in most people's minds with the transfer embargo. He did okay. He's a legend. I agree with you, Jim. We need galvanizing as a as a group, as a fan base, because we we you know we we've, we've lost a bit of a bit, a bit of faith recently, hmm. but also. You know, if you just look at the numbers, and like, let's let's write off Everton. Everton is just a joke, right? Nobody in that club. Storm, Sean Dyche... Sounds I mean, like you're being a, negative a again, Lee. He's, he's a, <laughs> Sean Dyche is a, is, a, is a very unique character that can do things for those types of clubs, right? Not many people can do that. Lampard right now is absolutely perfect for us. He's going to steady the ship. You know, we've got no expectations for the season. If we do something in the Champions League, we do a Di Mateo, Wicked, happy days. Nobody's expecting it. All we need to do is coast to the end of the season, get a few wins, build a bit of morale, and then... And as you guys know, every big manager, most big managers, will not join a club at this phase of the season. It doesn't matter how many bucket loads of money you want to yeah, chuck at them. Yeah. They, they're going to always wait till the end of the season. That is just, that's just just—that's proven. Lee, that,
1: that was quite a call. We, we explored the inner sanctums of Simon's mind as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That was interesting, wasn't it? I,
4: I've had an unhappy childhood.
1: <laughs> Michael, Chelsea fan, what do you want to tell us?
8: Hi, guys. How are you keeping? Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, pleasure. Just, Good on morning. Last caller, just on the last caller there you know going at Simon and saying that he's too negative and too this and that to be honest uh, I don't buy that at all um, I think the way this club Chelsea's being run at the moment is an absolute joke I don't know what all he was thinking bringing Frank, uh, Frank Lampard back uh, will do and what Lampard will do better than what Potter was doing um, they're, Like you look at Frank Lampard he's failed at everything he's failed at Chelsea and you're bringing them back to go face Real Madrid away from home. Um, And then you also have Wolves away, and you have Brighton at home. Three tricky games coming up. Just my thoughts on it is, I feel like Todd Borley has given up on the season. And he just wants to get, I get the season out of the way and then go from there again. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand it at all. To be honest,
1: you don't think he's going to come in and he'll galvanise the place, as I said earlier on, and Lee, the other caller was agreeing with me on that, Michael. Like somebody, like he's a club legend. It's like Terry coming in. You know, would he not do the same exactly. type of thing? Is that not the
8: intention? Look, you're going to have fans out there that are going to want to believe that Frank Lampard will come back. There'll be a fairy tale story, and he's going to. Do better than he did before. I'm not buying that. Um, look, he's been a great, he's been a legend for the with the club. But you know, Chelsea don't want like we don't need people uh, like big players in the club coming back and you know gonna be great for the club. It'd be great okay. if it was like that. All right. A serial winner that's going to make a big difference for this club. Welcome
3: to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
1: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring
2: you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes.